Hello friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're studying the book of Romans and learning how the power of the gospel impacts every part of our lives. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hey friends, welcome back to yet another episode of Everyday Truth as we dive into a section of Romans that I have just been waiting to get to because it is so controversial and doesn't need to be and so confusing to many and doesn't need to be. And I think that a proper understanding of the chapter, Romans chapter 9, helps us to see God in such a glorious way. And uh, let me just say at the very beginning, spoiler alert, I am not a Calvinist. Uh, I don't think that Romans chapter 9 is a Calvinist passage. In fact, I don't think any passage in the Bible is a Calvinist passage. I think that Calvinism is a lens by which people see the Bible. I don't think it is a subject that people see in the Bible. And I, I think today we'll begin to talk about some of those reasons why right here in our text of Scripture. So Romans chapter 9, yesterday we talked a little bit about the Apostle Paul's heart and how he had this burden for his people. I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. What what a heart. And yet, remember what the Apostle Paul said under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He said, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. So this is not just some uh, two-bit burden that the Apostle Paul is sharing. He's telling us that this is his heartfelt, conscience-justified, Holy Spirit-validated burden for his people. And the reason why I say that is because Paul here expresses a heart for unsaved people that seems to be greater than the Calvinists view of God's heart for people that God somehow has arbitrarily chosen only some people to go to heaven and chosen therefore de facto other people to go to hell. And here Paul says, if there were some way I could provide a way to rescue, I would, but uh, I, that's beyond me. And yet what we're going to find is God did provide a way for everybody. And that not just a willingness to become a curse, Jesus did become a curse uh, for all sinners uh, on the cross so that everybody has potential to receive Christ if they'll come to him by faith, that it might be by grace. That is a theme in the book of Romans, and we'll see it's even a theme in these three chapters that we view as a triad, chapters 9, chapter 10, chapter 11. So we're going to maybe slow down a bit in our study of the book of Romans because I think it's important that we chew these verses a little bit more slowly. Uh, They're more meaty passages of Scripture. Remember what the Apostle Peter told us at the end of his second epistle, and that is that Paul 
has written in his epistles some things that are hard to understand, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, wrestle with, as they do also the other scriptures. It's a great passage there in 2 Peter because it tells us that Paul's writings were indeed scripture and that some of them were indeed hard to understand. So what are we doing today? We're looking at scripture, Romans chapter 9, and, and we're looking at scripture that is, in, in some ways, hard to understand. And, and I'm not here to say that I am the sum total of Bible wisdom when it comes to interpreting or expositing a text of scripture. And there are many respected people on both sides of this argument that are better Christians than I am, smarter than I am. And so this is not my attempt to say, I'm, I am the answer But this is my attempt to say, I believe a simple reading of God's word contextually in Romans chapter 9 will reveal not a Calvinist spin on the passage, but some really good affirming truths about our God. So this is a non-Calvinist interpretation of Romans chapter 9 that I think will be helpful So regardless of where you are on the issue, would you just listen and consider with an open mind and let's let the Lord speak to each and every one of us. So Romans chapter nine, verses one through five, I wanted to go back for just a moment and talk about something that we maybe moved through a little bit too quickly last episode. Look at verse number four, where the apostle Paul describes some benefits of being a Jew. Remember back in chapter three, Paul talked about, you know, so, so what advantage then hath the Jew? Uh, much, every way, chiefly that unto them were given the oracles of God. So in Romans one, Paul made it very clear, this book and the gospel that I preach that will foundation the theme of this book is for Jews and Greeks. To the Jew first, but also to the Greek. So he made it clear from the first few verses of Romans that the gospel is for all nations. And he even said, I'm debtor to the Greek, to the barbarian, to the wise, to the unwise. I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome, uh, to the Jew first, also to the Greek. So it's very clear from the get-go that the apostle Paul has a heart that all men be saved, both Jews and Gentiles, to subcategorize the whole world into those two groups. And then in chapter one, the apostle Paul demonstrates that, but man man is guilty. He has suppressed the truth of God in his own unrighteousness, insofar that God in judgment gave him up unto his own desires. The the worst judgment of God is for God to allow man to have it his way, to do what he wants, uh, because that brings ultimate judgment. And we read that long list of sins at the end of Romans chapter one, indicting sinful man. In fact, the indictment of sinful man in chapter one is based upon the fact that they knew God through creation And yet they glorified him not as God. In the rebellion, they said, we would rather invent our own gods so that we're not under accountability. We don't want God. So that that is the, the response of man to creator God. And then in chapter number two, and we've been through this, Paul said, but there's more than just creation as a general 
revelation of God, there's conscience. So even though the Gentiles that don't have the, the law of God, the Mosaic law, the covenantal law of God, they have a conscience and their conscience bears them record. It accuses or else excuses and they're under the weight of that conscience. So God has given every single person, regardless of his spiritual religious pedigree, he's given every single person a conscience whereby people can know right from wrong. Intuitively, it's a co-knowledge with a standard of right and wrong that God has given everybody called conscience. And we talked about that. And then at the end of chapter two, the apostle Paul makes an amazing statement. He said, he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. Circumcision is, is that of the heart in the spirit, not in the letter. So already way back at the beginning of the book of, the book of Romans, the apostle Paul is making the distinction between what a true follower of Jesus is, uh, what a Judaism is, that you're not just a Jew because you were born one or just be in, in God's sight. You're not just a Jew just because that's your lineage or uh, that's always been your practice. No, there's a deeper, more spiritual meaning, isn't there? So we see that all the way back in chapter number two. Chapter number three, we know that chapter so well that it's a chapter that deals with the fact that whether you're a Jew, whether you're a Gentile, we're all under sin. There's none righteous. We've all come short of God's glory. We're justified by faith that it might be by grace. So that that's a, a, just such a rich passage. In fact, it's that theme of faith that the Apostle Paul spends so much time on on chapter number four. And it's interesting because when Paul talks about the necessity of faith, that it's not works, but it's what we believe about what God has provided, he goes all the way back to Father Abraham and said, we're the children of Abraham, not by lineage, not by flesh and blood, but by faith. We're the children of Abraham, right? Ye are Abraham's seed if we follow the faith of Abraham. So not all that that are of Abraham's seed, that it means by, by DNA, genetically, are Abraham's seed, but those that follow the faith of Father Abraham. There's another example in Romans 4, not just Abraham, but also David. So here are two huge characters in the Old Testament, each of which represents a covenant that God made in regard to the coming Messiah, the Abrahamic covenant and the Davidic covenant. And these two fathers, if you will, of those covenants are examples of we're saved by faith, saved by faith. And then Romans chapter 5 God loves us. We, we're saved by faith. We, we live by this grace wherein we stand. Uh, God uh, commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And then that great passage at the end of Romans 5 about the fact that Adam, in Adam, we all died. But the last Adam, sometimes called the second Adam from above, we sing about Jesus he is the one in whom we can all be made alive again by faith. When we put our faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus who accomplished and succeeded in all the ways that Adam failed, we can be saved. And then Romans chapters six, seven, and eight, we not only have salvation in the fact that we've been declared to be righteous, and that's wonderful, declared 
uh, to be righteous. No more penalty for sin. We're secure in who we are, our identity as God's children. But we also have access now by faith into the grace wherein we stand. And we can realize that we died with Christ and we are alive to alive to live in newness of life and we can reckon the old man to be dead and we can yield our members to the indwelling spirit of God and we can live lives of victory and uh, we can be trending upward in this process of sanctification we've talked all about all about this you say kurt why are you reviewing all of this because it fits together so beautifully into romans chapter 9 you say well how so well, understand that there are many Jewish readers of the book of Romans. As Phoebe takes this letter from Centria and delivers it to Rome, and the first century Christians in the church of Rome begin to read this, both Jews and Gentiles, the Jewish readers are going to have some natural questions. And Paul's going to bring up some of those questions. And some of the questions are going to revolve around, but, but wait a minute, what about Israel? I thought God, I thought Israel was God's chosen people. And now it just seems like Israel has rejected it all and that everyone that is getting saved or at least the lion's share of people that are getting saved are Gentiles. And what about Israel? What happened to Israel? This doesn't seem fair. This doesn't fit into what we think the Old Testament teaches. Is this a totally different thing going on? Or is what's happening now with the gospel consistent with what the Old Testament predicted? Does, does this have context? Well, what is God doing? And that's where the Apostle Paul goes in Romans 9, 10, and 11 to show them that God does have a plan for Israel. God does love Israel. God's not being inconsistent with all the promises he made to Israel. By adding the Gentiles, God is exercising his sovereign prerogative, and this is good, and this is this has been predicted, and this in no way impugns uh, the character of God or in some way robs Israel of her special status. So we're going to see that. Romans chapters 9, 10, and 11 are just so rich, and I'm glad you're here for the ride. It's 14 minutes and 30 seconds in, so I'm going to quit right there without even reading a verse. I'm sorry, but I felt like that background was important. I want you to look at the next few episodes. We're going to cram them all together in our thinking, and we're going to talk about uh, these great and rich verses in Romans 9. Join us next time. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, take a moment to subscribe or share the podcast with a friend. Until next time, God bless.